uh, Exploding Rabbit, and I actually am not super familiar with Super Action Squad, but it sounds like from from what I'm reading here, <laughs> they started a Kickstarter. How much money did they make? I know they made a lot more than they asked for, which is usually the case. Um, uh, fifty three thousand five hundred nine dollars, and they asked Damn. for they asked for ten thousand, and. <laughs> Now they're listing that they're not going to do it because due to inexperience, a lack of understanding of scope, these are their reasons, unrealistic estimate of cost, even though they surpassed their goal by five times, being part of an ineffective team, Unity is not a good tool for 2D platformers, (laughs) launching the Kickstarter before fully designing the game, because that's how you're supposed to do it, right, is make the game completely. I I like the next one the most oh effects on mental health is that the last one? Oh no uh oh yeah yeah that is the last one then he lists out what he would do differently were he to uh scam the public again and then he lists uh, <laughs> th- thoughts and new plan uh, and I, i'm that's that's hyperbole i don't think this man scammed the public and i'm certainly not uh implying that but i am saying the, why the fuck does this keep happening? <laughs> Man, you you are a positive thinker. You don't think he's that was such that's like an obvious scam. I mean, and he's like and he's chuckling about it and like alluding to it the whole time. Like he said, when you say that Unity's not good for two D platformers, that's like that's like a sort of nudge, wink, wink joke because it's great for that. Yeah, <laughs> like, it it's all just it's all bad. Well, you've done how many two D platformers in Unity now? You've done two at least that I know of. I've I've got so many projects cooking, and it it works great for all of them. But Unity is Unity is not good for two D platformers in the same way that hot dogs are not good conveyor systems for ketchup. It just right. doesn't it doesn't work. But um, we already just spent more time on it than we probably should have because this is it, this is every day, right? Every day, every day. Every well, day. I, just, I just caught up on the Yogg's cast stuff. I didn't know any of that until I was told last night. So, so, so do you have like do you have a little summary of what's going on there? Because they were doing some shady stuff with monetization, but how, what were what what was the most recent development with it? Um, what was the most recent? It's it's like so much just weird shit that they did. I think they had a some kind of a Kickstarter for one through through a game company. It wasn't them, but it was through a game company where they were basically going to make a Minecraft clone. Uh, they made an absurd amount of money. Yeah, and then they just. Yeah, and then they decided that the company they hired was incompetent, said they were making the money back, and decided they were going to throw the money into projects that they deemed more worthy, which had nothing to do with the original Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, that, I followed the whole thing as well. That is that is pretty much how I, I... I wasn't sure if there was more beyond that or if that was where they where they finally landed. That was... It's just pretty amazing. I've got an idea where all the money went. Yeah, yeah. You, you have some, it doesn't take a lot of I mean, imagination I mean, to figure it out. But uh, but anyway, yeah, I just I, I thought we'd hit on that before we before we got into the real meat. And uh, God, do you want to say it again, Jason? This is the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode forty-two, which is also the meaning of the universe. Yes, yeah. This is finally that that golden episode where we have to hear that joke. Yeah. <laughs> you, but we'll we'll just retire it right now so you, it doesn't get too old. You knew it was coming. Yeah. What other choice did we have? So, I mean, as you can tell, we have Jason and Jared and Jay, which yes. I believe makes this the the original trio. 
Yeah, this yeah. is the original trio. For the first time and probably... Back at last. This is like a reunion, like any rock band that falls apart. Yeah. Or like one of those shitty Saved by the Bell reunions. Yeah, we all got we all got mad and went our separate ways, and I released yeah. a really awful solo album, and one of you fell into complete <laughs> obscurity, and the other one was wise and didn't spend all his money on drugs, so he lived a quiet, comforting life by a lake, and now we're all out of money and we're back. Yep. Yeah. That's actually pretty accurate. I am all out of money. We're not any more talented than we were before. but We're no wiser. No wiser, no more talented. So, <laughs> hey, let's do this again and break the fucking band up. Um, <laughs> okay. Let's talk about... So, the big news today, I think, is probably the the funniest news. Not funniest. It's not funny. But Assassin's Creed, uh, as we all know, Assassin's Creed Unity is, is going all next-gen, so it is only going to be for the PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One, which left many people puzzling, well, what will they do for me and my Xbox 360 that I love so dearly? And we got our answer today in the form of Assassin's Creed Rogue, which, at least from the information that we have about it, is probably shaping up to be the worst Assassin's Creed? Would That's you, just based on what I saw from the trailer. I would say it's the worst. I mean... It doesn't look like they tried very hard, let's put it that way. So, if you're just joining us, let me summarize the problem here. It, let's say that I'm a saltwater taffy maker. Uh, if I make 5,000 pieces of saltwater taffy a year, and I do that consistently for five years, you know, I import the saltwater from the ocean or wherever, and I, I put it all together, and it's just me here... And uh, then one year, I'm like, hey, guess what, guys? I'm putting out 10,000 pieces of saltwater taffy. But nothing's changed, right? I, I'm the same. It's still just me making saltwater taffy, just like I always have. Uh, so that saltwater taffy is pretty much guaranteed to be shit, right? That's the first problem. I'm obviously going to cut some corners, and I'm not going to get real imported seawater to make my saltwater taffy. Well, I think, I think the metaphor you're looking for here is that you're making this saltwater taffy, and about, let's say, roughly two or three years ago, you made this specific batch of saltwater taffy. And you didn't sell it, or you sold it, and you had some extra. So <laughs> you decided to take the same saltwater taffy, you repackage it, and then you try and sell it as something different. I think that's what's going on here. Well, and it's to satiate people who like my taffy and have eaten all the taffy that I had prior to this. And so, I mean, what choice do I have but to give them my taffy scraps or else I go out of business? Right. <laughs> what are we talking about again? <laughs> I'm not sure. So, so, we're, so basically, Assassin's Creed Rogue looks like Assassin's Creed 3. Is what we're saying. Yes. Yes, it does. Which, um, by the way, so I was curious because we were, we were talking about it earlier. Um, and I, I posed the question, what is the worst Assassin's Creed game? Now, before I tell you guys the answer, would anybody like to just guess? <laughs> uh, Lucio said the one for the DS. Well, so objectively, the handheld ones are the two lowest on Metacritic. Uh, the, the original DS one, which was like kind of a side scroller, is a pretty huge mess. And then there's also uh, I don't know if you ever played Assassin's Creed Bloodlines, but it's the it's the like Altair spinoff for the original PSP. Uh, both of oh, those. Oh right, I remember. I vaguely remember this. Both of those are hanging on to the bottom. But if we go uh, if we go to the original core game, like like one Brotherhood, two uh, I got the order wrong, but Revelations, all those uh, three and four. Which do you think out of the main core Assassin's Creed game non handheld entries? Which one do you think is the worst according to I've Metacritic? Always, 
I've always heard Revelations was the worst. That's what I've heard. Yeah, you got a guess, uh, Jason? Um, man, I never paid attention to Metacritic that early on in Assassin's Creed Lifetime. I mean, I hear that looking back, people think that the first one is maybe the worst, but I don't know. I'd actually probably agree with you there that the first one's the worst, but remember that it's primarily based off uh, critical reception. Yeah. And when the game came the out, time. when the well, game came based out. On- if it's based on critical reception, wasn't didn't three get kind of a lukewarm response? There you go. Assassin's Creed three is listed as the worst Assassin's Creed game. So I didn't think it would be that because that's wrong. But um. <laughs> I, I think it's just about right. I think I think Revelations is actually tied uh, for the bottom. So that, never mind then. That's that's fair. Um, uh, but I, I would put Revelations pretty close down there. It, it feels it feels phoned in, and I have a feeling that that's what Assassin's Creed Rogue is going to feel like, which is phoned in. Um, now we don't know anything about it really, aside from the cinematic trailer that they released. Well, I, actually, I take that back. We know lots about it. We know that it <laughs> takes place uh, in the New Colonies, primarily New York City, as well as oh, up oh, in up in the north to to like the Newfoundland area, a uh, little little arctic adventures uh so the trailer shows a lot of you know snowbound assassinating and and we've never done that either yeah i mean that's pretty much we obviously know they've got winter assets this is this should basically be able to use all of ac3's assets and probably uh, a sizable chunk of black flags as well because once again the ship combat uh, no, will no, be back no 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 the, the, the water is way too blue in black flag well, so, and if they wanted to use it again they would have to tint it like a grayer grayish color so the first thing that i was thinking that is sounds like work is uh-uh, not for me that's worse than flavor <laughs> um assassin's creed 3 had some performance issues and then 4 had some heavy performance issues on the ps3 and the 360 so my first question is will they scale this game back so that it runs smoothly on those systems cuz they're only releasing uh, they're only releasing it on the 360 and the PlayStation. It's not getting a PC release until it's time for an HD remaster five years down the road. But well, with any luck, because this is the same team that Deliberation, as you pointed out. Yes, it is. Uh, so, with any luck, it'll only be an hour long, so you shouldn't have to worry about any of that. That was going to be my next piece of conjecture. Is So, here are the things, and again, we we don't know this, so we can't say this with with. Uh, definition, but we're pessimists here at Enemy Slime sometimes, so I'm just going to call it right now. The game is going to be noticeably shorter than other Assassin's Creed games. The engine is not going to be optimized to run on the only two pieces of hardware that it runs on. They're just going to take the multi-platform engine that ran like ass last year, and they're going to use it again and not tone it down or or fix it so that it works better on its target systems. Um... What else can I guarantee about this? Uh, the assassin will be Irish. That's the other thing. Well, yeah. Yeah, you can guarantee that safely. His name is Shay. I don't know his last name, but it's probably O'Malley. <laughs> or McDougal. Or McDougal. O'Brien. <laughs> Shay, Shay O'Malley here, ready to assassinate you. <laughs> and so the other, the other piece that we know about this that, that caused some caused some tension, some drama in the enemy slime world is uh, your character is a uh, assassin turned Templar. After some shit goes wrong, and uh, he decides that he no longer wants to follow the Assassin's Creed, and instead decides to actively work against them by killing them all, which is what yeah. you, which is how you do it. Which, yes. which, as I 
I stated quite adamantly they've done before. Yes, so I made the grievous error of writing in the article that it was a... I I don't remember exactly what I said, but I said it's it's a fresh new idea to play the bad guy. But uh, Jay very tactfully illustrated that almost every game has allowed you to do that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I had to go back and change that. Yeah. So this would be actually called Assassin's Creed Palette Swap. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's more accurate. Yeah, I think I think that's a fitting title. But uh anyway, that's that's coming uh you know to uh this this fall to your Xbox 360. So get get ready. Oh, and the other thing I is mean, I mean, is... who wants to play the French Revolution one of the like bloodiest wars in history? Um when they could play the Seven Years War, which I remind you is a global war which had several countries fighting one another. And you get to play the Seven Years War entirely in the Arctic, where nothing happened. I, I don't know, because on the on the one hand, like we couldn't have expected more, right? Like I don't I don't think that we could have when we knew that they were going to release two Assassin's Creed games. Were you really planning on one of them being super good? Like this is this is almost exactly in line with what I thought they would give us. Yeah. So yeah, I, I have to agree. So I don't know. But uh, I'm surprised it's not going to get a PC release. Because why not? We, you know that engine works. It's why not? Because they want them to buy the most expensive Assassin's Creed for PC. No, I guess that's true. I would just think that you. And I mean, they're going. Make no mistake. You are going to pay for both of those games at some point. They're they're going to find a way to make it happen. So I, I promise that in. You know, five years there will be Assassin's Creed Rogue HD remix. Well, they, they Dream Drop Distance. To, they figured out how to make you pay for uh, Freedom Cry twice, which is impressive. You know what is interesting is on Metacritic. So the the handheld titles are listed very low, but actually the lowest ratings for the game are all the DLC. People hate Assassin's Creed DLC. Yeah. Uh, the tyranny. Why? The tyranny of King Washington's really low. Both parts. Uh, all of the AC2 stuff is really low. Um, pretty pretty much all of it is is quite low. It was pretty bad. But anyway, that was our that was our big Assassin's Creed news. So I just thought that was of note. Uh, the other big interesting things that are going on right now: uh, Nintendo went ahead and had a uh, an oddly late night Nintendo Direct, considering that most of their fans were probably in bed by the time this aired. Uh, but they they revealed some more details about the Hyrule Warriors, little, little Dynasty Warriors, you know, Hyrule-infused version. And the, the key detail that everybody is interested in with it is that Ganondorf, Ganondorf is going to be playable. He actually looks a lot like Demise in... Uh, shit. What's that, Zelda? <laughs> Skyward Sword. He looks... He looks a lot like that iteration. He doesn't. He, he's got that big nasty sword that he's gotten. That did either of you even play Skyward Sword? Am I? I uh, I started playing it and then life just tore me away from it and I haven't gotten back to it. But I need to. Oh, okay. I got it. I got it. And then the Wii told me I needed some special peripheral bullshit that I wasn't going to bother buying. Oh well, someday, someday maybe you can try it out. I I like it. It's a good Zelda. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It's, it's, they should have based him off of his Wind Waker version, though. That was badass. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the better Ganondorfs. He, he'd look a little out of place in this game, I think. But <laughs> I think so. The big like kind of samurai Ganondorf would look out of place in Samurai Warriors Hyrule Edition. Uh, I mean, if you consider what the game looks like now, yes, just a tidbit. Yeah, they, I mean, they could just use his design and just kind of. I guess match that's it. I guess that's true, and just texture it properly. Yeah. I, I kind of prefer Ganondorf when he's like built like the Hulk, you know. Yeah, and so this Ganondorf is a this Ganondorf is a little more sleek. He's got flowing long red hair, and then does he have giant boobs? Mm, no, but that so one far that's been the biggest draw of Hyrule Warriors for me. I don't actually know if we've seen that character yet, uh, or, or like more detail on that character yet. But she is there. She'll be there for you to ogle. <laughs> Um, and then what else was, was news? Oh, the other big thing that if, happened. If Ganondorf had giant boobs, how big do you think they would be? If Ganondorf had boobs, I would say that he looks like, uh, cause I mean, he's a big guy, right? Yeah. Um, he's, he's not a little fella. I would, I would guess maybe like a 38 C. Oh, that sounds fair. Does that sound about right? Yeah. But that's all natural. He's got those big desert boobs. He's got those big desert tits. Um, so the other... God, nothing's going to beat that. All right, so the other piece of news <laughs> is that Infinity Ward... Uh, this is the weirdest... Uh, Lucio was very kind the way that he wrote this article. Uh, so Naughty Dog lost a couple more employees. Uh, some... Uh, no, no, don't say it ain't so. It's It's true. Uh, they lost one of the people who was a narrative design lead for Uncharted 2 and 3, and they also lost the lead designer for Uncharted 3 and The Last of Us. <laughs> Those are pretty big people. Cool. So what was it I said a few months ago that you took grievance with? I think I said something like Naughty Dog was hemorrhaging employees, and you're like, oh, that's not right. You shouldn't say that. Well, so they lost... I, I'm not even... I, I mean, yes, Naughty Dog has lost a, a kind of weird number of employees. Uh, I'm really interested to see what their next game looks like, because it's got to be just like a guy in a shack making it at this point. Well, see, at, at that time, Jared was out of town, and you were there watching the dog, and you're like, oh my god, you know, there's blood everywhere, and Jared was like, no, it can't be true, and then he comes home, and he sees the blood stains, and he's like, oh shit. Well, yeah, I guess it was true. We, I mean, because you you hear a lot about talent leaving, but you don't hear a lot about uh, talent joining. So who knows how many super talented people they've hired in the meantime? Uh, we heard when Karen when uh, Corinne joined them. That's true, and she's gone now, right? She left too. I didn't she? I uh, maybe I'm talking out my ass. Maybe I thought I thought one of the people that they hired very recently, if I'm recalling correctly, has now made a departure. Um, but anyway, this uh, what's not weird to me, the, the fact that these two are leaving is not strange to me. What is strange to me is where they are leaving to go to, which is Infinity Ward. Makers of hits like Call of Duty Ghosts <laughs> and Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 and mm. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. And they also made the hit Call of Duty the original uh call of duty one that that's them two and third no they didn't make three anyway they've made a lot of call of duties they make all those blops so basically these these lead designers for my favorite games have gone to go and make my least favorite games (laughs) (laughs) it should be should be pretty awesome 
but yeah, that's uh, that's the latest thing there. So I don't know. Lu- Lucio has some speculation in the article here, uh, saying that he he thinks it might be related to Infinity Ward's merger with NeverSoft, and that somebody's basically trying to put in some effort to turn the studio. I don't want to say turn the studio around, but I mean, Ghosts was bad, like even even by Call of Duty standards. And so, you know, I can honestly know that uh, NeverSoft is still around. They uh, <laughs> I really didn't know. Yeah, ne- NeverSoft. Well, they're not really still around because now they're Infinity Ward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they were they were pseudo around, just oh so slightly. But yeah, that's that's how that's gone down. That's that's what's happening there. So, mm-hmm. what? Um, any other news that you guys could think of? Is there anything else that happened that, that we missed? Um. I mean, I guess this is more my thing that I missed because it's been something I would have been keeping up with. But uh, I don't remember his title now on the company, but uh, Dave Goldfarb left the Payday 2 team recently. Oh, yeah, that's right. He did. Uh, He was was he going to start his own thing? I can't remember what he was doing. Yeah, he just said, like, you know, he's been involved with making like Payday and he used to be involved with making uh, like Battlefield and stuff like that, and he's say he's just tired of making other people's games, and he wants to make his own games for a change. Like he wants to make RPGs and stuff. So he'll be doing that. Yeah. Hey, definitely nothing. Uh, definitely nothing wrong with that. We wish him all the best for sure. The only worrying part about that is every time somebody leaves a successful company and starts up their own thing, it usually ends up getting crushed under its own weight. At some point. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh, uh, one other thing that did happen today is uh, Evolve got delayed. I don't know if you guys heard about that, but Evolve is being pushed back to February 10th, I think. Uh, So next year. So not not a huge surprise. And actually probably a smart move because the holiday season's kind of, I don't want to say it's crowded, but, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff coming out. It'll, It'll do better in in february mm. anyway that's what's new there what uh what kind of stuff you guys been playing have either of you been playing anything new or have you <laughs> i i have so um first of all i ought to wish a happy anniversary to lucio and his wife and uh i'm gonna say i'm gonna steal the game that he's meant to review and talk about it on the podcast oh, which that's get- what you Ouch. get that's what you get for being married uh, <laughs> Pixel piracy. Oh, that's right. That's right. Now this so, is um is this this one was from the people from Terraria, is that right? Yeah, yeah, they did Terraria. So I have a question because I thought that Starbound was from the people who did Terraria. Am mm. I accurate what? here? Well, um no. You're partially accurate. Um Starbound is made by Chucklefish, and Chucklefish was formed by the I don't know what his full title was on Terraria, but I do know that he was the art guy on Terraria before he left. And so he broke off and made Chucklefish. Um, And actually, there's a lot of issues surrounding Chucklefish right now. But um, yeah, but yeah, Chucklefish is now sort of gobbling up a lot of indie games to like publish them and stuff like that, which is good. Um, It's just bad because apparently they're all a bunch of fucking jerks. The but, pe- you know. <laughs> the people the people at Chucklefish are yeah. There's quite a thing going on right now with people at Chucklefish apparently being like power tripping 
assholes. Hmm. I, this is this is all news to me, actually. Yeah, it's news to me too, actually. Shitting on their fans and section. so forth. <laughs> wow. Huh. Yeah, there's huh. some uh, controversy, I would say. Yeah, just just a tidbit. Okay, so so uh, Starbound is an offshoot of Terraria, and then is sort of a very very loose offshoot, and then mm-hmm. so Pixel Piracy is another offshoot, right, from a different team, from not yeah. from not Chucklefish, from not Chucklefish. Yeah, I think it's a it's a developer that started making it on their own and then didn't Chucklefish publish it for them, or I don't, something like that. No, I, I think I think someone else published Pixel oh, Piracy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't think like, they're related quadra, at all. Quadra Logic, I think, is his name or something, something like that. Yeah. So I, I grabbed the game for Lucio to review, and then somehow you had it too. How did this shit go down? Okay, once again, I reiterate that I fucking love pirates. Oh yeah. So, so yeah. I kept asking Lucio, "How is it?" He told me, "Don't bother," and I ignored <laughs> his advice, and I bought it anyway. Um, that's, that's what I would do. It's a pirate game. <laughs> it's a pirate game. So that's how I came to possess. I actually, you know, now that I have an income, at least for the next two months, I figure why not waste it on video games? Because I won't need it for food or lights or anything like that. Especially video games where people who are reviewing video games have said, don't buy this game. <laughs> right. Right. Those and are the are, best are, games to buy. What are, what are friends there for if not to ignore them and disrespect them? Now, have you what been, does that guy know? Have you been able to play Pixel Piracy with Lucio? I... I, well, not with them, because the multiplayer is not implemented yet. It's supposedly coming in down the line. Oh, I didn't um, know that. So we have, very, we have very different opinions on the game right now. Um, you know, I say, given the enemy slime scoring system, it's a hard three. And he says, no, it's definitely a two. Um, you know, I'm not quite clear on his reasons, but I have my reasons. First of all, Pixel Spot Piracy tells you how to do exactly jack shit in the game. And the controls are a little all over the place. Um... So you literally just have to ask your friends, how the fuck do I play this game? Which, luckily, I was able to ask Lucio, and I was able to ask another friend of ours, Saul. Um, and they were able to guide me through the controls. But once I finally figured out what I was doing, um, I started enjoying it much more. And the game, the game model is basically, you know, there's a very loose goal. You have to kill four legendary pirates. Um, so the game model is you get on your ship, you construct your crew if you have the money, you go out and you, um, you know, you plunder other ships, or you explore islands and you get the treasures and all that's off the off the islands. And it's kind of real simple, straightforward gameplay with a few RPG elements, I would say. So you have like your stats that you can level up, um, and it's actually really easy to break the game because you can focus entirely on one stat, and that'll make your pirate like kind of a god mode pirate, um, you know. And you plunder other ships, which usually gets you pieces for your own ship, which in true kind of Terraria or, um, you know, what's the, or whatever voxel you want to call it, fashion, um, lets you build up your ship further and add parts and all this kind of stuff um, and customize it how you want, which is pretty cool. But that's it for the gameplay model. Now, I think for Lucio, that's not quite enough. Like, there needs to be more to the game, uh, more quests, more adventures, all this kind of stuff. But... I say this. I say Pixel Piracy basically takes out everything that was bad about Assassin's Creed Black Flag and just leaves in the stuff that was good about it. 
I was going to say, so, it sounds a little bit like uh, just like ship combat in Assassin's Creed Black Flag and, in two dimensions. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And that was like the great part of Black Flag for me. So why not just have a whole game that's like that? I mean, um, I can see where they could add different stuff, like maybe go to islands and dig up treasure and shit, but fight off pygmies or whatever. Yeah, well, and you can do that. You can do that. It's just yeah. not very uh, complex, I want to say. Um, and it's actually more lucrative to just plunder ships than it is to kind of explore the islands. Um, you know, and that's, that, that's kind of it. There's, there is a lot of uh, micromanagement in the game. So that it depends on how, what your approach is that. Like if you love micromanagement in video games, which some people do, especially the people that play the old World of Warcraft or whatever, then yeah, you'll probably like this game. But if it's just kind of annoying, you're like, uh, I don't want to do all this shit and, and, and think about when my Sims have to go eat and poop and all that shit, then you're not going to enjoy it so much. Um, and what I find interesting is when you construct your crews, there are things called perks, quote-unquote perks in the game. And the perks are exactly the opposite of what perks typically are because perks are usually beneficial and in pixel pie hearts they are not beneficial um maybe they meant like pricks yeah like pricks that's what they what they should call them. i had um one pirate and i figured this out kind of late into my first um captain but there's one pirate with a skill called a bully and bully means he'll sometimes pick on other crew members and if he bullies them enough or if he bullies them too hard then that crew member will get angry at mutiny, and that means that the other pirates will turn on him and typically kill that crew member. So it took me forever to figure out what was going on. So I'd be, I would be like sailing the seven seas, and I was deep into the game, and my dude with the bullying perk um, was actually my second high, highest um, level uh, pirate next to my captain. And he would just like occasionally go up to someone, and then that guy would suddenly turn and I would have to kill him and I would have to reset my game because, you know, I, I you know, it's not like the trailers. The trailers show a ton of, of pirates going at it. Um, but in the game, you're, you're going to be managing a much smaller level of pirates because it's just too much to take care of. And usually by the time you get three or four or five pirates, that's plenty to take on all the challenges of the game. Um, so, you know, it's a typically small crew, so I can't have them going off and killing one another. And just kind of fucking up all my progress. And eventually I put it together that this bullying perk means that he's going to cause the other pirates to mutiny more often. So I just had to like kind of take the hit and go and sacrifice this guy and uh, keep my other pirates in check. Uh, and it, it's helped like immensely. But, you know, it's, there's another perk called uh, anorexia. And this means a pirate will basically stop eating. And if that pirate stops eating, that means they starve to death. So there are a ton of these in the game, and you have to kind of figure out um, what they do and whether that... And, um, you know, there are a few kind of pitfalls. Like, you never know what a perk is going to be until you actually hire the pirate. So that's money out of your pocket. Um, you know you know what would have been a better name for them? Hearing them described uh, is not perk, but quirk? Like, like a personality <laughs> quirk? Like a personality quirk, yeah. Hey, Pixel Piracy developers, you can go ahead and start writing that fucking check out to me now. <laughs> yeah, and for the um, release, uh, there are still quite a few problems with the game. Um, you know, there's there are random glitches people keep running into. Like, I ran into a glitch, which is actually beneficial to me, but there are items you can get to kind of uh, give experience points to your pirates. And I found that if I go to a shop and if I open up the shop and, um, you know, go to wherever my leveling items are, and if I jump into my pirate status screen, 
I can use those items on the pirate and then jump back into the shop and sell them, even though, you know, they shouldn't be in my inventory anymore. But I think Lucio's run into perks where pirates would just kind of stop eating altogether and his entire ship would starve. Um, there's, um, and this isn't going to be good for the Tumblr crowd, but, or maybe it is good for the Tumblr crowd, but in pixel piracy, regardless of gender, it always describes him as a male, as he. Um, so it's kind of, it's pretty rough for something that's supposed to be out of early access and in full release. Yeah, I was going to say that you, you mentioned the multiplayer was coming later, which is something that I later. usually, when I hear that, I think, uh, I think early access, but th- yeah, this game is supposed to be out like completely. It's supposed to be out completely. And um, the good news is that they do patch it pretty often. So they're kind of up on it. Um, but it's just unfortunate to kind of have all these glitches in the game when it's kind of out already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think um, uh, I think that's understandable. Uh, I I actually was kind of talking out my ass when I said Terraria because now I can't find the connection at all. I, I can't seem to find what I read that said it was the same people. Um, this is by a developer based out of Finland. And what are they called? Uh, they, they had a name here. Oh, Quadro Delta. Quadro Delta, though. Okay. Quadro Delta. Uh, they've created Pixel Piracy. By, and... by, by the way, Quadro Delta, your little opening um, credit screen scares the shit out of me every time. I ask that you choose a different sound effect when it comes <laughs> up. <clears throat> they are... Um, they, they Like I said, they are based in Finland, though, so... English may not be, you know, the primary primary language. So that might be why they're thinking that these are perks and <laughs> something desirable for you. Oh, by the way, what is super cute about Pixel Pirates is they will sing um, sea shanties, but they'll do it in like a little kind of chipmunk voice because they're so tiny. I like that. Well, that's <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, it's got it's got its course for me. It's got its quirks. Um, it could use more time percolating, but but that's why I say it's a hard three. I don't, you know, I, it doesn't blow my mind, but it has everything I would want in a in a pirate game aside from the glitches. So see, so I've always my personal rule for this and what I've always said is that something tips over into a two when I am actively not looking forward to playing it. Like, watch Watchdogs for me tipped over into a two. Like, as I powered on the PlayStation, I'm like, oh, don't want to do this. <laughs> that's that's when it becomes a two for me. So, I, if that's what Lucio's feeling every time he boots up Pixel Piracy, then yeah, you know, I guess I guess that's fair. I guess I start every game at a five, and then I just count backwards for every serious problem. See, that's that's what I do. It's like we're the professor that gives you an A. And then if you don't show up to class or if you just really fuck up on the report, then you reduce the grade. There's a uh, there's a third rock from the sun uh, from forever ago that I always think of when I think of this, where uh, Dick that takes he goes to, to a restaurant and he takes out like a stack of dollar bills and sets it on the table. And every time the waitress like fucks up, he takes a dollar bill away because <laughs> he's, he's an alien from space and he doesn't understand tipping. But, uh, but yeah, it's kind of like that, you know, go in with the five and then Watch Dogs is like, my niece is dead and I'm going to whine about it for an hour, you know, take, yeah. a, take a dollar away and then, oh God, how did we get back to Watch Dogs? I'm sorry. So Watch Dogs, so Watch Dogs still did better under me than it did under you. I would have given, I would have definitely given Watch Dogs a two. Yeah. 
I, I did take a dollar away as soon as I saw the thing about the niece. You 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 played it too, Jason. What would you have scored Watch Dogs? Um, I couldn't really stomach playing it through, but God, what I did play, I don't know, man. Oh wait, you commented on my article with a second opinion. Yeah, it was a long second opinion. It was almost as long as, <laughs> as the review. I don't know. I'm like I'm hovering between two and a three. I think it's, I think that game's a two because I lean more towards I don't want to do this anymore. You know what I, I th- mean? You, you see what happened to me? I, I had that too, but I found where Watchdog Saving Grace was was in the side quests, and I really wanted to do those. Yeah. Um, it was just the main quest that I couldn't stomach. Did so you? Which is the same thing that happened with Black Flag. It's like you know Black Flag. I couldn't fucking stand the main quest, but everything else in the game was great. Mm-hmm. Did you talk about um, Did you talk about the ending of Watch Dogs, Jay? Because I I watched I can't remember if we discussed it or not. I watched it on YouTube and I couldn't believe how fucking stupid it was. <laughs> like I remember you talking about like the final boss, but there's this I don't know if it's post credits or during the credits or what. But there's a scene where you finally find the guy. Did we talk about this? Where you find the guy? I don't, who... I don't think we talked about that scene in particular. Okay. No. All right. I don't, it's probably not even worth talking about, but it's <laughs> fucking. Stupid. I, I love. I love how now, whenever something that's kind of um, you know, middling or terrible comes up on the podcast, we instantly go to Watch Dogs, and that doesn't just happen in the podcast. That happens in the chat as well. <laughs> yeah, oh, it, it sets the bar. <laughs> I just. I really don't like it. It's. It's my most active disappointment of 2014. It's not the worst game that came out yeah. in 2014. But it's the game that I thought had at least a chance of being good and then was just so not good. I think most active disappointment is a great way to describe it. Yeah, it just <laughs> it it stung. It's not even like it's it's not like it's poorly made or anything. It's just you don't want to play it. Yeah. There's uh, something wrong with it. There's a lingering problem. Yeah, I, I would say that that's a fair description. You guys not like revenge? Is that the problem? <laughs> I love I love revenge, but like if someone spills my high C, I don't need revenge. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's that's the comparison <laughs> that I am choosing to draw. That's a good comparison. I don't I don't know. It just it didn't work. It would have been a better story if it was just about like bands and stuff. What did they? <laughs> okay, any- so. I really do we have any other video games besides Watch Dogs. We probably we probably do, but I just really have to ask: What would have been different if they made his wife and kid be the people who died? Like, aside <laughs> from making it t- the tiniest bit more cliche, what would have been any different? Except you might have thought better of the character because wow, he had his shit together enough to get married at some point. Because <laughs> right now he just looks like a basement dwelling weirdo who is really. <laughs> Kind of creepily, creepily upset by the death of his niece. I don't know. And, and didn't I didn't really follow very close again because I didn't really find myself caring. But didn't his niece die because some hitman was sent against him because he got well, out of it, doing something that was illegal in the first place? No. Well, here's the thing. He did, he went something. He went and did something that was illegal in the first place, and. He wasn't even a hitman. He was just supposed to scare him. Right. So, so the game indicates that he shot his tires out or something. So really, what happened is Aiden got into a car accident, and that killed his niece. Aiden's shitty driving because he doesn't <laughs> didn't play enough Gran Turismo. You know. It, so this other guy didn't even really kill his niece. 
ridiculous. Yeah, it's like a it's like it's like a a weak revenge story based on an accidental death of someone who's not in your immediate family. <laughs> to be fair, if you watch how shitty I am at driving in that game, it actually makes totally sense that no, someone it's not that it's someone not, in the car with me died earlier. <laughs> it's not you that's shitty as driving. It's that the driving isn't done in that game. Yeah, that's a problem too. It's like, you know, I mean, the driving is on the level of Tony Hawk underground driving. So here's that's a, what it is. Here's a question. When will AAA developers start to embrace the early access model? Oh, God. Because I don't really get why they have to finish Assassin's Creed Rogue. They could just put it out right now. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if there would be an early access phase because they cranked those games out so fast. Now, I, I'm actually pretty well convinced, and I'm not. I'm mostly not joking, that they probably have like an entire toolkit set up at this point where they can just... They basically plug in values and make an Assassin's Creed game. You know what I mean? It's just a drag and drop program. They just bring a guy Almost, into the room. Yeah. They, they bring Steve into the room. And they're like, Steve, I mean, get know, they, started. They have to do a little bit of work, like get some mocap done for the cutscenes and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's, it's probably pretty drag and drop at this point. Steve, I'm going to need you to come up with a single word title for the game, please. Uh, <laughs> Rogue. Okay, perfect. Now, what's the next one going to be called? Uh, vengeance. <laughs> they haven't done Redemption yet. That's going to be a good one. <laughs> redemption, no. Assassin's Creed Redemption. Resurrection. Resurrection. Well, Resurrection has to be a sequel reserved for one of the older cast of characters. Well, spoiler alert. Yeah, it's going to be for uh, our very best friend's return to the series. <laughs> Altair has Xenomorph blood now. Yeah, that's who. Altair. That's who I meant. That's who all the people want back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, Watch Dogs, holy shit, it's great. <laughs> so, has is, is nobody else played anything? I, 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 I did, but I was going to maybe bring it up, but then it's like, bam, Watch Dogs. What <laughs> it is, hit me right in the gut. What have you been playing? Um, so I've been playing something that's almost like a ripoff of Rust, but it's still fun for some reason. What? I guess uh, it's, it's called uh, Un... Shit, what's it called? Unturned? Unturned. Unturned. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I saw that and I saw my brother playing it and I was like, oh, you know, it looks kind of dumb. Like it does. It looks, it looks really dumb. It looks it, really stupid. So you're going to be fighting an uphill battle here. Yep. It looks um. It looks like a bunch of retarded Duplo blocks <laughs> running around, um, lazily slapping zombies. Mm-hmm. But it has a surprising amount of depth to it, to where I ended up playing it for like three hours straight. After like twenty minutes of thinking, "Wow, this is stupid," um, it's it's like Rust if it took away the sort of dependence that Rust has gotten currently on PvP and moved it more towards like you're surviving against the wilderness. Right, right. It's because uh, Rust's big issue, and and you don't feel it as much when you first start the game because you don't know this. Right. But it doesn't feel very survivory because the mobs all just spawn in a certain. Sp- Spot, and so if you just avoid those spots you you know i'm totally comfortable in rust just standing still in the woods forever yeah, yeah and uh that's not really the case in in un- unturned but uh you know they they flat out lift some things from rust but i'm sort of okay with it because i'm finding myself having more fun with it than i did with rust although it's i don't know if it's something i would play for a long term but i don't know man it looks stupid as hell, but it's just something to it. It's 
it, it captured me for several hours today. Really? Yeah, uh-huh. I don't know. I, it plays like Rust if it was more like... If it was more... I hate to say it. It plays like Rust if it was more like a game. <laughs> I kind of get what you mean, though, a little bit. Rust has relied a lot on its player base to kind of create its its gameplay elements. Yeah. And I I could see a game where the computer-controlled stuff is more aggressive. I could see that being, you know, enhancing the experience a little bit. Because, like I said, I mean, the only thing I'm afraid of in Rust is other people. It's uh, it's nice to have the elements back to get you. And, like, how crazy would it be if in Rust they patched in, like, a giant monster that runs around and, <laughs> and is completely random, and if you see him, he'll just fuck your shit up. But, I mean, just to give you an idea of, like, what they've maybe lifted from Rust. You know how in Rust you build uh, structures by, um, you know, you build, you craft like a, a foundation and you place that down on the ground. Mm-hmm. And then you craft pillars, which you would put in the, in the four corners of the foundation. And then you build walls between the pillars. Um, that much is in Untamed. Uh, that's like one-to-one, the exact way it works. Uh-huh. Which is fine because I actually like that system and I don't mind that it's so many things are ripped off because it feels like it was put into a better game. So, <laughs> uh, because there's still like zombies and shit and, and it, it's still kind of creepy just because any game where you're surviving can be creepy even if it looks stupid like dumb Legos like this it's just, does. It's just so ugly. I know. <laughs> it really is. It, it is super ugly. But is there a PvP aspect to it or is it oh, pretty yeah, much... Yeah. It's you can still do the stuff that you would do in Rust. You can set traps and kill people and stuff like that. It's just it also has the stuff that Rust doesn't have. Like, you know, it never took out its zombie aspect. It still has the zombies and the hunting and stuff like that. It it just looks stupid. So there's a huge barrier there. But but, you know, it takes down a barrier in another place because it's also free to play. So, oh, I didn't. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. So you can just and, and it's free to play like offline by yourself. You can host a private server. All that stuff works already. So I don't know. There's something. There's something here. There's some gold at the end of this Lego rainbow. So talking about um, and actually before before we go further, let me let me mention. It's funny that you talk about unturned because. Uh, I put up an article that I wrote like way back in February about Rust, and I, when I went to post it, I was because I had just forgotten about it, and I found it in the system, and I was like, oh, I should really finish this, so I went ahead and finished it, but I didn't have any screenshots, and so I went ahead and uh, booted up Rust and decided to get some screenshots, and before I knew it like 15 hours had passed <laughs> and it's just it's amazing how even though like you said it's not it's not very gamey like it it can really get some hooks into you in in yeah. a pretty nasty way but uh but yeah it just it, out of nowhere it completely sucked up a, a shitload of my time i mean well here's where unturned got its hooks into me i was running around and i'm I'm like punching zombies with my bare hands, which is terribly ineffective. As you do. Yeah, as you do. And I'm dying super fast. And I'm like, I don't know about this. This is kind of weird. And I don't know what's going on. So instead of fighting the zombies, I decide to just tear off down the street. And I find a town and um, 
the town is of course surrounded by zombies, but I'm like, you know, I'm just going to rush through and, and just see if I can grab anything before I die. So I find a machete in someone's house on their bed. I don't know why. It's just, there's weird stuff in weird places in this game. It just has a weird sense of humor to it. But, you know, I kill some zombies and finally I've got like the upper hand. Now I'm actually able to control my situation slightly. And I see a car and I'm like, hmm, I guarantee I can't get in that car and drive it. But I walk up to the car and it's like, hit F to get in the car. I'm like, ooh, so I get in the car and I can drive it. And I'm like, sometimes hmm. that's all you need. I know. Sometimes you just get surprised by what you can do in, in an early access game when you think there's no possible way that they've added that already. And then, you know, you realize you can ride vehicles with friends and, and you have to refuel your car and it can blow up and you can run shit over with it. And then you open up the crafting system and it surprises you because I didn't realize that you can, you know, you can go farming and plant stuff because you don't want to eat any of the food that's anywhere else because unless it's bagged or canned, you're going to get sick from it, which will kill you also. It's, it's super complex. It's, it's far more complex than it looks. Hmm. Yeah. You know, um, we we talked a little bit about like failed kickstarters in the beginning and now talking about these two early access games and actually Rust just had a little bit of drama with its early access because uh Face Punch Studios the people making it announced like two new games I think and yeah. and everybody lost their minds because that means they're not making Rust even though in the time that like this is you know, gone on. People people aren't seeing a lot of updates to Rust because there's a standard edition which hasn't been updated in a while. And then there's yeah. an experimental branch where they basically just burned down the whole fucking game and <laughs> and started it over from the beginning and made it like super hyper pretty and it barely runs on my stupid video card. But <laughs> uh, but anyway, they they had a lot of drama there, and I, I there was a kind of interesting blog where uh, the Gary had to go onto the the blog and post this big thing about how the company was staffed adequately, and it's kind of the exact opposite of that Kickstarter we were talking about in the beginning, where yeah. he had to assure everyone we're fine, we have plenty of people and experience and can do this. Yeah, I mean, you never know what you're gonna get, and it's just it's just so all over the place. I mean, Rust and um, Unturned are both made in. I don't know what they've done with Rust recently, like when they're doing their overhaul. I don't know if they're switching engines, but for the time that I knew of it, had tried it, it was in Unity, right? Yeah, and, I, and I'm and not Unturned sure about is the also new one. in Unity. And the difference here is that Unturned is made by, I think, one guy, and Rust has an entire team, and already Unturned is like just whizzing past them as far as adding features, and it's like, you really have no way of knowing what you're going to get from these early access games. Like. Well, yeah, and that's what's crazy. And you also have no idea when they're going to fizzle out. Like, I, I think, um, and I know I'm not alone in saying this, but like Day Z, it feels like that's at a point where I think a lot of people don't believe that it will ever leave early access and, and like be a functional game for Day Z than it is for Rust. Yeah, but the game's just it's fucking really bad as far as like frame loss in towns and like just bugs just glitches out the wazoo larger teams are having real issues getting work done for some reason rust rust runs ten thousand times smoother i I think rust is 
you, you you could take the last iteration that they have of it and with just a little bit of spit shine they could have just satisfied everyone with that and just released it and finished it but instead they started the experimental branch and admittedly i don't really know how i feel about it i don't it doesn't run good on my machine i would say it's probably not even really playable and <laughs> so i don't mess around with it at all really but i don't know it it's also gets into that sort of this weird meta zone of like I, this is an this is a beta of an alpha, or like this is an experimental beta of our alpha game that's in early access. You know what I mean? It's like layers layers of alpha upon beta upon whatever else. Well, and they're they're taking their time, and there's this issue that you can kind of see forming where they're like, the game doesn't look good. We have to make the game look good, and so they start over, and then they start over, and time goes by, and then the game's outdated again, and so they have to start over again. And uh, It's Duke Nukem Forever's issue. Yeah, exactly, except you get to watch it happen and you paid for it already. <laughs> oh, God. So you have, yeah, you have a front row seat and you just have to stare at it while it dies in front of you. <laughs> but it's interesting because all these games that we're describing, all these early access games, um, like, I mean, first of all, interesting, they're, they're the most popular games on Steam. Like Kerbal, uh, Kerbal Space Program? Is that what They're it's the called? only games on Steam. Let's get yeah. that right um, right and now. A, and a lot of them are pretty good. I mean, Kerbal Space Program is a super good game. Uh, a lot of the early access games are good, but then there's just some that can't get their shit together. Project Zomboid. Um, yeah. Is that is that still doing well? See, I haven't heard about a lot of them lately, and so it <clears> makes <throat> you wonder like if they fizzled out or... Zomboid's still doing well. The team's always been a little bit slow, but they do most of their work in the experimental branch as well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's interesting how, you know, they're the most popular aspects of Steam almost. And they have, a lot of them have like really infinite replayability. But part of me wonders if that kind of game can ever be completed. Do you get what I mean? Like, it it feels like they just have to be like perpetually in development and you can never get to a point in where you're like i'm done this game well, is done no. i mean i mean look they don't have a storyline so they could just decide it's done whatever the fuck they want well and i guess i guess some of them have probably done that yeah i mean there's there's a like, like pixel piracy this one that's yeah. already done it there's I've a had... set of features that they have in mind where they think you know when we have these features it'll be done i think with like with zomboid i believe that list of features is something along the lines of you know once we add vehicles and then once we add npcs zomboid will be pretty much done or at least into the next phase i mean zomboid could be a game is a game that's declared done right now honestly right yeah good i mean it wouldn't necessarily be true but they can declare it done i mean i need to see the npcs come out first because i don't know if you've seen the the test videos they've shown but the npc ai is incredibly amazing indistinguishable from a player so and that's just that's it's not even out yet so well i mean i guess i guess it would be indistinguishable from a player because what does that do it has to walk into a zombie and it has to chop down a tree with a hammer um (laughs) can we all can we all just come to the consensus that it is as done as watchdogs (laughs) yeah we could do that is that fair certainly more playable than (laughs) watchdogs it's fun it's more dynamic than Watch Dogs. Yeah, I've had a lot more surprises in, in Zomboid than I did in Watch Dogs. I think, it's, I think it might be on my list. I've had my eye on that and, um, oh shit, what is it called? Uh, Space Engineers? Have you guys messed with that at all? I have that, actually, yeah. Is it fun? Is it any good? It's really good, and, uh, you know, they've sort of 
they're doing a thing where they solve the issue of, you know, when's the next fucking update coming for this game by just they commit to every Thursday is update day and they always add a new feature really? every Thursday regardless. That's pretty so, impressive. So you know exactly what you're looking forward to and every Thursday, like clockwork, at about noonish my time, I know to look there and, oh, there's the new update. I'll see what's there. I'll play with it. And, yeah, it's a pretty fun game. And at this point, I'd say it's... When I first got it, I wouldn't say it would be worth the price, but after all the uh, features they've added recently, I'd say it's it's getting to be worth the price. Now, it's a game where you want to play cooperatively with friends because there's not much to survive against aside from if you want to turn on like um, like asteroids that come from the sun and crash into your shit and blow it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not really much to survive against aside from your fight against trying to get more energy so that you don't basically asphyxiate in space. So here's here's a question then, uh, and this can kind of maybe close out our early access discussion here. Um, I think all three of us have played a pretty sizable chunk of, of games like this now at this point. Uh, if you had to recommend to somebody the best game that is like worth paying for that is currently in early access, like Kerbal Space Program, Starbound, Project Zomboid, Rust, all these, which one would you recommend? Project Zomboid. <sighs> Let me see. Obviously, there are con- you know factors to consider, like sure. what kind of game you want and things like that. Right. But just the most solid experience that you think that you could recommend to somebody. Project Zomboid. I uh, Project Zomboid. <laughs> All right, two for Project Zomboid. It's just it's so complete in the fact that you can. I mean, it already has the online multiplayer added to it, which is great. And it's something that the, the game needed to improve its longevity. And now that that's in, you could really just play the game forever. I mean, it's, it's hmm. fantastic. I, I think that I may have to take a look at it. It's something that's been on my list forever. And I've just never never bothered. But it sounded pretty good. Did The Kerbal guys... Space Program is, is a close second. I, I would I, If I had to... Because this is really hard to just recommend one game. You sort of want to at least do like a top three. And I would basically put Zomboid first and then tied for second place. I'd put like Kerbal Space Program and maybe Prison Architect. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Prison Architect. Is that still in a good place right now? Yeah, they, they do the same thing where they have very they're very strict about when they do the updates and that they make sure that they bring them out in a timely fashion. I believe it's once a month. There's a new build, which always has, you know, half a dozen new features. And it's shaping up to be pretty fun, actually. Nice, nice. Well, good to hear. I'm glad that I'm glad that something's going right. Yeah, it's not all doom and gloom. <laughs> For God's sake. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, my, my goal with early access is as long as the game is far enough along where, like, I'm not going to be mad that I spent $15 on it, then, like, I, I spent $20 on Rust, and I've probably played 60 hours. And... That to me is buku value. Like that's fine. That's perfect. Yeah. And so if they, if tomorrow the dev was like, "Hey, you know what? Experimental branch. Fuck that. We're done. No more rust." I would. That's fine. <laughs> you guys gave me the time that I needed, and uh, you know that that's great. <laughs> so that that's all I'm looking for is just an experience that is far enough along that I'll be like, "Yep, this is fun." Yeah, and I don't know how many hours uh, Jay has sunk into Zomboid. Probably not as many as me, but I think 
again, that's another thing where it's like, I think it's 15 bucks, but you get, you probably easily squeeze a couple hundred hours out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, and does that have multiplayer now? Yeah, you can st- you can uh, run a server, and uh, basically, I think it's as many people as your computer can handle. Cool. We'll have to we'll have to all be zombie bros sometime. <laughs> we'll build a fortress and then get angry at each other and kill each other with crowbars or something. That's usually how this shit goes. <laughs> we'll fight over the last head of lettuce. It's perfect. That sounds wonderful. All right. Well, I think that uh, unless you guys have anything else you want to talk about, I think that's probably just about it. Yep, that's it. Your silence is consent. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, if you uh, if you want to go check out our other podcasts or just read some of our, our ramblings, our, our rantings and ravings on the site, just go to enemyslime.com and uh, you know just click all click everything, click all of it. It's all good. Every so piece whatever, of it. Whatever turns your cursor into that little hand, you just start clicking. Yeah, wait until it's a hand and then click that. Yeah, and uh, you know, go follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at the Enemy Slime on both of those services, and I think that's pretty much it. Oh, if you want to write us an email, you can do that. Just email contact at enemyslime dot com, and uh, we'll we'll totally listen to whatever it is you have to say. Tell us how yeah. wrong we are about Watchdogs. I <laughs> I want the Watchdog <laughs> defenders to come out. Oh God, we'll we'll battle it out. There are about, probably about as many Watchdog Defenders as there are people who are wondering where I was. <laughs> it's Good. probably just going to be that same one guy. All right. Hey, one guy. <laughs> I, I want you to get this going. Where's Jason? All right, guys. Well, thank you again for uh, for joining us. And uh, do, you want, do you want to say it, Jason? I think with that, we're out. Okay.